I'm just <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> of course, of course, Megatron. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode number 131 of the TXR podcast, the best place on a Sunday night to kick back and talk about all things Xbox and more. This is your host, Invader, and I hope everyone joining us is doing well, having a nice weekend, and doing all kinds of gaming, all kinds of gaming activities and whatnot. And hey, you know what? I'm kind of curious what everyone on the panel has been up to this weekend. Uh, hey, Shock Pal, how's your weekend been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, just finished uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's a trippy, uh, trippy ending to that one. Uh, I won't, I won't say too much more because it probably spoil it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I think I, I forget what I freaking just started. I was about to start Streets of Rage, but I just downloaded it. I hadn't gotten to that one yet, but no, I'd started, uh, what was it? Uh, Death Stranding. So that one's weird, pretty weird. A lot of walking for like yeah. a good 20 minutes. You'll be walking for like 10, 15 minutes and it's like, okay. <laughs> but then they, there's some good trippy parts in it, which are, you know, kind of bring you back in, but so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do all that great stuff like, you know, uh, playing with your baby there and uh, delivering packages. It started crying. I had to like... You Are to, you like, enjoying anything of it though, despite like with the reviews? Like how do you... What, I mean, what are your thoughts? Are you so far... It's weird, but you're enjoying it or just weird, but yeah, you don't think like it's for you? Yeah, there's some parts where like the like stranding creatures or whatever the hell they are, are, are like coming up out of the ground. Um just like kind of like these like oil people you know trying to grab your feet and so there's some like really cool parts to it like you know in a, you know some crazy sci-fi fucking thriller like prometheus or some shit um yeah i really enjoy so there's the definitely game. some really cool part yeah but i i like the music in the game music's good especially when you're walking All right. Especially when you're walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're walking, it's delivering, you do, delivering like having a walkman. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, hey, Tim, buddy. Great to see you as always. How you been? Good, good. Happy to be here. Another week, another Sunday night. <laughs> but no, you walk. You just walk. Um and uh, yeah, uh, played played last night with Megatron. Got uh, got Destiny. Yeah, and um, played some Streets of Rage 4. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. Now, I, I know you wanted to get to a full day of gaming the other day. Did your power go out or something? Yeah, what happened was my power went out, and then I went out, and then I came back, and then uh, I played. That was the night that we played with Megatron, so... You shouldn't have went outside, Tim. You shouldn't have went outside. No, I like Streets of Rage Four, but I, I, like it's a little tough. But uh, played some Destiny. Yeah, I mean, the whole weekend was kind of a washout for me because we lost power, and then I had to do a bunch of stuff, and then I got a headache because I wanted to play like late, late, late at night, but like uh, I had to bail out. Right. Well, that's a shame. But at least you got to a little bit of a gaming with Megatron the other night. It's good, you know, Destiny. Uh, let's see here, Centurion buddy, how you been? Oh, not too, but not too bad. What is up, guys? How are you guys doing? 
Good. I'm doing Right on. Tim, what's your new name now? Ricky? Something Ricky? I forgot. Yeah, well, people are telling me I'm the guy that leaked that uh, that uh, the uh, PlayStation 5s were on fire. And uh, oh, the, God. Reason why, the reason why is because I uh, used two spaces after a sentence. So uh, that was the evidence that was put apart. Uh, some condemning um, t- um, Tim, um, you know that video I just put out recently, right? Yeah. Um, I got a I got a comment on that video that I think you need to go read, man. I swear to God. Um, who, what was his name? Who was Big Pompa? Who was Big Papa Pump in the WWE again? He had it. It's Scott Steiner. I feel like Scott Steiner got loose and wrote a comment on my on my YouTube page because it makes absolutely no damn sense. <laughs> I'm still trying to yeah. decipher it, um, but uh, other than yeah, that, getting, it's been great. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of crazies. Uh, people calling me Clobril too, so uh, I don't know what's going on lately. It's taking off. It's taking its stride. It's like the the regular day Nostradamus Xbox. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that I, I think I've have thirty three hundred and twenty thousand tweets. Um, I don't think I'm making other fake accounts and putting time and doing stupid stuff like that. Uh, That's true. That's true. Uh, Twenty thousand speaks for itself. Uh, you got that right, Timbrill. Oh man, uh, Timbrill. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jeremy, I know you've been uh, rocking some brand new stuff recently. Uh, have you gotten a chance to try out these cyberpunk headphones? No, I kept them in the box. I haven't taken them out yet. So I'm looking to uh, possibly open up the Android. Uh, it's the Switch Android one. I'm probably going to pop open and test out. Uh, this the curious just to see how the audio is on the xCloud um, running through while I'm streaming. Definitely. Well, they look pretty cool. Uh, yeah, they're like- cool. They're very cool. Um, I like the I like them both. The Xbox one is particularly nice. It has the uh, the ninja. It's all black and it's it looks uh, rather worn. And it has the ninja on uh, the right side, the red ninja. Mm-hmm. And the Android um, PC slash Switch ones are just uh, they're yellow. Has some computer components on it. It's pretty cool. So you yeah, got, you bought two pair of headphones. Yeah, there's two. There's oh. two different pairs. Oh, okay. And they're both they're both collector's edition. They're pretty nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and well, they you only know. run you. They only run the Steel Series only runs you about a hundred bucks. So it's good quality. Are you gonna buy the console? Yeah, I'm gonna buy the console for sure. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. I mean, in my opinion, it looks pretty sweet. So I, I mean, would definitely be, be on that. Are you gonna use it, or are you gonna are you gonna just collect it? Uh, I'm probably gonna use it. Yeah, right. I'm probably going to use it for sure. But I had a chance to play uh, some Streets of Rage 4 like you guys. And I would I would say this. I was rather impressed with it. It brings back some good memories I had with Streets of Rage, uh, you know, 1, 2, and 3. And it's a great, it's overall great game. They throw some nice nostalgic retro bits in there. You know, you can go into like... If you see an arcade, you can go into a room and it opens up like a new mini boss battle 
uh, retro style with, you know, Streets of Rage 2, for example. And it does that throughout the entire game. And the uh, the combat mechanics are still the same. You know, it's, you know, forward, forward for some of the special moves. And um, But it's a great game if you guys haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's a real good game. It's decent. The audio is great. I like how they, you know, the refreshed animation. And I don't know yeah. if I was the only one that found it hard, but <laughs> but um, once I got to those guys that have that that shield, that little blue, yeah, they're pretty difficult. Skill, yeah, yeah I just keep getting slaughtered, man. But uh, it's still really fun. Definitely brings you back to those days, man. Those side scrolling days, which uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Now you can change the music to the old retro music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mu- the new music in the game is uh, it's pretty good. I would say that you know after listening to some of the older stuff, which is amazing, um, I would say that's the only you know shortcoming of it. All right, all right, very cool. And uh, Megatron, obviously, you've tried uh, some Streets of Rage four. How have you been doing? Any other kind of gaming this week? Yeah, um, I got a crazy migraine right now, so I'm gonna try to hold on here. It's always something, but uh. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. It's just maybe I'm just being in the house so much. Uh, all this stress. Um, yeah, I've been playing Destiny. been playing uh, um, Halo 5 uh, Guardians. Uh, still an awesome game to this day uh, with uh, K-Mega and Don. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been playing uh, Deliver Us uh, the Moon, which is another great game on Game Pass. You guys should check it out. Some people call it a walking simulator. I think it's a... It's, Fast paced enough where I don't feel like it's that way, but um, either way, it's a great experience um, at the very least. So I think you guys should, uh, yeah, go check it out. Yep. Let's get on to these topics. Definitely. And, uh, ibuprofen wears out. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we dive in, uh, thank you to everyone who's in early. We got Idle Sloth here, uh, Badass Lord Tipsy, Crazy Greek Dude, Nine Lives. Vogels Creek, Shizno Elite. Thanks, guys, for tuning in early and everybody that's with us live. Now, let's dive right in here. We're going to move on to our first topic. And, guys, it looks like we have we don't have to wait too much longer for the rumored Xbox events. Now, announced a few days ago, Microsoft will be holding a special edition of Inside Xbox on Thursday, May 7th. So that's really soon. And this event is meant to showcase next-gen gameplay from Microsoft's global developers' partners. So it's focusing more on third-party titles. Supposedly, Xbox Game Studios titles will be shown at a later date. So, Tim, I'm going to go directly to you first. After all the teasing, we finally get a date. And it looks like Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be showing... Uh, it's gameplay there. It just got announced a few days ago. So that's a pretty huge game first right off the bat. Yep. Are you expecting a lot of big publishers and devs to be there? Yeah, I think it's going to be a nice showing of uh, uh, third party. I think that you would typically look at this as an E3 showing of third party. So basically they took their E3 show and they said, okay, we're going to split it up third party and first party. We're going to put the first party at the end. And we're going to show the third party first. We're going to show the games running on that. We're going to show smart delivery with games possibly like uh, Cyberpunk and the Valhalla. There'll be new games, new new games that we don't know of. Um, 
you know, I think that it's going to be a really nice event. Uh, make sure you watch it on a nice uh, display or something that, and hopefully, I think they're going to do it right, 4K output. Nice. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be just, uh, you know, uh, if, if I had my druthers, I would say show off all the, the you know, uh, talk about the system, show off the power, show the game, show the frames for seconds. Um, talk about the what they want, and then at the end, like have some type of teaser with like uh, Master Chief's shoe with the blood on it or something, just like something <laughs> to get the uh, just something to get the the people. It's going. A salivating, right? That, yeah, it doesn't. It could be something so small like that, uh, and I think that would get people happy. I mean, obviously, we all wanted you know Fable to be here, and and I think that uh, this was honestly plans for this. Originally, before COVID, I heard that this was going to be the Lockhart reveal and that they were going to, uh, you know, talk about hardware and they probably were going to show off some of the games and stuff like that. Then they were going to, you know, have a blowout E3. Then I heard that they switched it to May and they were going to still show Lockhart and then they were going to um, show uh, a couple of titles that we've all been asking for and... Um, and then I think something happened where, you know, there's a little bit of a cat and, ma- cat and mouse game, I believe, going on with Sony. Um, and uh, they don't want to shoot first on price. So that's why I think that they're pushing Lockhart. I could still say Lockhart is still a thing. It's still real. Um, it's just that Xbox is being very agile and, you know, uh, you know, they're being smart about this in a way that they want to shoot last. They want to shoot. Uh, they don't want to get one-upped. They don't want to, um, you know, do things in the past that they've done uh, that have gotten them in trouble. So I think that, that this show has been, uh, you know, probably changed maybe two or three times. But now this is the format that we're going to use. We know Greenberg uh, <clears throat> tweeted about it. If you look at his tweets, you can mm-hmm. get a sense of what's going to go on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they talk a lot about frames per second. Um, yeah the feel of the game and uh, certain things like that is what I've been hearing a lot uh, through uh, people I've talked to that that's really being emphasized lately. So, uh, you know, when we used to talk about 4k with Xbox one X, um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you might hear some uh, pretty lofty numbers on the uh, frames per second side. I don't know if it's going to be 120 frames per second, but I do think that, um, you're going to get, uh, especially on the Xbox Series X, uh, you're going to get some talk on that end. Um, and especially games, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, I think that they want to uh, push the, the way games feel and play on Xbox One X because they've made, you know, the world's most powerful console by a lot. And Can uh, I ask a question? Sure. Do you think they're going to start getting more in depth uh, with the third parties um, showing the what they're going to do with ray tracing? I hope uh, because that's another advantage that they have. Uh, so yeah, I would think that they would show that, or they might show that at the first card, first yeah. party uh, show offs with like um, possibly Fable and Minecraft again. Um, but yeah, they have a beast of a console and they want to show it off. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this show, you hear a lot about feel of the games, and uh, that's a, a push of that. They really think that uh, the system is going to be uh, 
uh, capable of doing some some lofty things. And uh, if all goes well, maybe that that's what translates on May seventh. Uh, May what is it, May seventh? Yeah, May seventh. Yeah, May seventh Thursday. So uh, I think we're going to be very happy, and I think we're going to all be uh, amped up for this blowout in July. I guess if it's coming. Uh, and I, I have to really commend Xbox. And we all know that, you know, you can say that I, I'm a fanboy, but there's been times I've been critical of them. I just feel like from the start of their, from, from the start of this, that they really played this really smart. Because every time they have, in the previous years, they've always had to Sony could, could go after them and take their wind out of their sails, whether it be E3 or whatever the case may be. Uh, I think they position themselves now where they can, you know, they can wait and show that second show whenever, and uh, I, I think that uh, fans will be fed. And, and I think I, you've seen that change in December, Tim. You know when uh, they, yeah, when they showcase the, uh, or they unveil the series, uh, the Series X. And while I don't think these games are going to be fully showcased, what the Series X can do, I think we are going to get what you just said. Um, Mentioning games running at 4K, which is going to be a constant and a consistent thing, and the the frames per second, which is either going to be, you know, 60 60 frames or even 120. I think they right. might show Ori uh, Ori 2 running at 120. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know some of these o- older games uh, are definitely are going to hit the 120 benchmark. Um, you know the the Xbox in the marketing rights for Cyberpunk is huge. You know yeah. we're getting that limited edition Xbox One uh, X. We have the controller. Smart delivery. Yeah, we have the smart delivery. Um, I'd be really interested to seeing and seeing that what they showcase as far as that goes, since they do have the marketing rights for uh, Cyberpunk. Um, can you imagine another gameplay unveil? You know, for cyberpunk to get people really excited. Um, you know, we have the still series headsets with CD Project Red, and I think yeah, um, they're going all out for this title. Xbox is so I think you're going to see something in the lines of that at this event. Um, I want to say that Xbox does have the marketing rights for the Elder Ring. Have you guys heard anything on that? Possible, uh, I would say, uh, yeah, Xbox. which which is an action RPG created by the legendary uh, from software team, um, and I do think we might see something exciting, uh, some exciting news towards the end of the show. I'm just not sure what, you know. I think uh, you know just something to leave the fans uh, happy and uh, a little a little taste in their mouth of what's it's coming next. Such a little tidbit that, like you said. It could be such a small thing that will make people happy. It's, I think yeah. it's pretty simple. Um, and, and just to further on, I think it's one of, one of the things I just wanted to uh, just to, to make a point on. Um, I think uh, I've heard that Xbox wants to also kind of, uh, you know, they want to explain smart delivery a little bit better. I mean, everyone knows mm-hmm. what smart delivery is, but in a way, uh, there's still a lot of confusion on it. Um, and I think that this will be their chance to kind of explain it and explain that, you know, there might be a situation where, you know, uh, uh, CD Projekt Red uh, is making the smart delivery. You play it on Xbox Series X, you plug in your, 
your game and, and it recognizes mm-hmm. it, plays it, and it plays it to its fullest capabilities. Uh, and, uh, and other platforms don't have that access. They have actual, you have to rebuy the game. So um, I think that they're going to really kind of uh, uh, ex- try to explain that to the best. I think that they, from what I've heard, that they feel like, you know, uh, that they could probably explain a little bit better. You know, the, the name, they're not really, they could, probably could have used a better name. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, all stuff to, to look forward to. But again, we're here. We're talking excitedly about Xbox Series X, and uh, you know, and uh, we, the, the rumors have come true, even though that they weren't exactly precise. Yeah. But uh, you know, they, it's all coming the way together the way we uh, thought it would, and uh, I think that's a very good thing. But you know what, Tim? I I do think it was smart on Xbox's part to uh, showcase third party as opposed to first party right off the bat. Because it's going to get, regardless, it's going to get people excited. And then they could come out guns blazing, whether it's June or July. Um, what, have you heard what date it's coming down again as far as the... Uh, from what are they, from what, are, again, now you're talking about a fluid situation. You mm-hmm. realize that when they had the this first system was ready, it was going to be for... for for April, then it was going to be for May. Then they changed mm-hmm. up a little bit more. So I think that, that you're looking at the same thing. They, they are. Even though they say Sony's not their competition, um, they do are. They are looking at Sony as their competition oh, yeah. regarding this, and Sony is definitely looking at Microsoft as their competition. So when I say cat and mouse, uh, that means that if Microsoft says at this show we're going to release at these prices and this and that. Sony would be very happy with that because then they can counteract and they, they could, yeah. uh, you know, move from there. But I think what, what's going on is Microsoft doesn't want to tip its hat. Yeah. And they are firm in the belief of that because of these shown so much and Sony's shown so little that they could pretty much, you know, smoke out Sony. But when, when they say smoke out, they mean wait them out. Basically, it's yeah. nobody saying anything mm-hmm. about price. And we're in July. And we still know the show's coming, and we Tim, have, you know, then you're they're in a position where they could shoot. So, Tim, uh, you know what's what's funny is you say they've shown so much, yet they've shown so little, and it's made an impact. Exactly, they have so much left. But uh, to answer your question, is I think it's it could change. It, it could be August if they really want to be ball busters, because the bottom line is is that they know. That they can hold out because if there's no price on the on the uh, on the board yet, um, you know the people are going to start to go crazy in July. Um, yeah, you can't. I think August is way too late. I don't too think. Much. I would say July. Yeah. I would say I've heard late June, July. Isn't the the, the rumored <laughs> window though? Was I thought it was um, from May to August? What I've seen. Pretty much, uh, it's it's July. I think. I think if if you were really, it's probably first week in July or mm-hmm. well, the last week in June, or mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to shoot. Sony's going to shoot soon. Um, I've heard their show's going to come in a couple of weeks, and uh, they're going to have a good show. And I'm sure that, that, that their fans will be happy. Um, but you know, as far as Microsoft, they, they've kind of uh, led the way here, and now you're starting to see dividends. Now you're, you know, now it's not a, just a little bit of a head start. Now they kind of got the momentum and. 
Uh, well, they have, hard. they have, they definitely have the momentum. They don't. I mean, Sony does not at all. No. The way they can screw <clears throat> up is price, and, that, and I think that uh, I think so. I think Microsoft knows that. I think Sony knows that too, because. Let's say Microsoft says, huh, we're going 549 and Sony is still not out there. And then Sony's like, you know what? We could go 499 and we could really one-up them. And then, then boom. And then, then, then now you have a, a gap in price. And, and then, uh, you know, that takes a little wind out of the sale. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a, it's a situation that's just ever-changing. Never, I've never seen a, a console... Uh, build up like this, you know. There's so many different factors that that are going in. There's so many uh, external things that are going on. Uh, it's pretty crazy times, but, but it's uh, interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, definitely, uh, because this is a situation that, you know, it's it's definitely very experimental right now, and uh, they they have more time to like plan out what how they want to approach things and. Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's experimental. I know. I think they know exactly what they want to do. However, I do think because of the crisis has caused their plans to change and adjust a little bit uh, based off that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, it would be interesting to see if they show off like like a surprise dev there, like a, th- a surprise third-party kind of yeah. exclusive kind of thing just a tease right just that little thing at the end uh, somebody in the chat mentioned splinter cell i mean that'd be nice considering ubisoft is already gonna be there or even somebody was talking about bioshock rumors earlier today uh like all of that just gets you really oh, excited that'd yeah that'd be- i just want to see them actually finally reveal the uh x1 uh what is it the, the lockhart if it's there reveal it that's all i'm kind of waiting out of all of this you know know, that could be it could be towards the end i mean who knows but originally it was supposed to be at the show so i don't i don't know if that's changed or what uh has changed but uh yeah the lockhart is um is definitely behind the xbox uh series x in uh development cycle but it's still possibly you know i would think be able to launch alongside it so uh, I don't know. That's that's another situation. Um, I, I do think it's definitely coming, and I understand the people's re- reasoning for wanting to see it because we've been hearing it for so long. Uh, but again, I, again, it's that cat and mouse corporate game that that's going on right now. And uh, frankly, I think Xbox is playing it smart. You know, they're playing it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, close to the vest, and they're playing it where they're not. You know, they're not being nice guys about it. They're just saying, you know what, we're going to be bull busters with it. We're going to make you sweat. Because I, I, I do feel Sony is not, from you know, things that I've heard, I, I've heard that they're not really, you know, uh, you know, obviously read the Bloomberg reports and stuff like that. Yeah. They're not in the best position where, where or, or they're not in a position of power. They're definitely on their back heels. Doesn't mean that they, you know, doesn't mean that they're in trouble. But they're definitely they're a boxer in a fight that they just you know, they're 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 back. There's concern. Yeah, there's concern. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now with the smart delivery system, uh, it looks like Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be u- utilizing it. Do you think at the at the event that we're we're gonna hear that all those games are going to utilize it? Yes. I think that's going to be something to talk about because uh, it's something that they could potentially have uh, an advantage over the competition. 
you know, hmm. uh, if competition's not doing, uh, I believe their rumor is jump ahead. If they don't have jump ahead, they have, uh, you know, third party deciding to say, hey, we'll make a really crazy version. And it might even be better than the, the Xbox smart delivery version because they're actually going in the game and they're doing customization work. But, hey, there's a price for it. Uh, I think fans might not like that. Uh, the the Xbox way is kind of a way of saying, "Hey, you we can utilize all your power. We're giving you all you know certain things, but you know they're not doing custom work. I think it's done on the fly, and it's completely available to all third party avail. Um, it's just up for them to use it. Can I point it, out one thing? Yep. Uh, sure. Um, well. Assassin's Creed Origins was actually one of the first titles to actually get that moniker Xbox One X, Xbox One X enhanced. Yep. So I really do think that Ubisoft once again is going to help um, Microsoft show off the power of their console because they did it with um, the Xbox One X. I remember buying uh, Assassin's Creed Origins in October and the xbox one x was released like two weeks later i remember buying it and actually putting it on a shelf telling myself that i was going to wait until the xbox one x so i could play it on that you know it'll be interesting to see uh how they promote these third-party uh publishers and developers um whether or not they come out saying hey these games are going to look and play better on uh the series x it just remains to be seen um you know we'll see I'm looking forward to because uh, like right now with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, that was actually the game that put me over the edge and made me go out and buy an SSD for my Xbox because the loading times on that game in certain areas, especially for starting it, are atrocious. So I'm, I'm looking forward to some of these loading screens getting nipped. Yep. Mm -hmm, definitely now guys if xbox is having its own show for first party titles they must have a boatload to show us uh going into like june july you know just separating the two these events like they must have all kinds of first party games that we don't know about it's actually kind of exciting the way that they have it uh spread out yeah we hope so right <laughs> they'll be <What's> there the <laughs> oh, absolutely well that's the th my theory going into it anyways i'm just i'm really uh, super excited for what they have to show um you know it's uh yeah it's an exciting time and uh yeah i mean we only have a few days to wait so we'll know very soon as to uh what will what will uh be that's there like they're doing is, is like not to 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 over talk you uh invader but like i just expressed you expressing your 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 um anticipation and happiness of like what's going on and that's where they kind of really are nailing this. It's like mm -hmm. this since December, it seems like it's been really fun. Like, you know, yep. like, just lots of news coming out. Much of really, mm -hmm. Lots of news, whether it would be, you know, uh, even like little stuff like the show coming to Xbox and, you know, uh, all the stuff that the way everything, just the way it's been going. It's, it's such a turnaround from, you know, what we've been used to, yeah. This whole, gen, this whole gen, 
I can honestly say every time something Xbox would come up with something good or get a little bit of momentum, Sony was always right there. Oh, yeah. They would always hit them, counterpunch them, and knock them down. And it was like this went on from like 2013 to, I'd say... The reveal of freaking, or maybe uh, even know, even until was... 2018, Tim. I mean, t- yeah, 2018, uh, yeah. early 2019. Even even with Xbox One X, you know, they lost the 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 MPD the year it came out. You know, it just was always it was always something that, that they would knock get knocked. And this you... is the first time I remember where they've had like a streak of where it's like, holy shit, Xbox is doing good. You know, it's funny you bring that up because that was, you remember, going back to 2013, that was yeah. my biggest gripe about them not showcasing or, or you know, uh, just promoting the brand in general. They yeah. had a hard time, and I had a hard time with it, getting people uh, excited about it. Now they finally are, and they're one step ahead of uh, Sony all the way on this. So many Listen, you call it, listen, sometimes people get mad at you because they say you're a downer. For you to say the stuff that you say, you know, you know that this stuff is, like, for real. Because, I mean, you've always been hard on Xbox. And you've always said those things to me. Like, you know, like, oh, Sony did it again. Sony got them there. And, you know, uh, I can honestly say I've seen a change in your attitude uh, just in regards to the way they've way they've been doing it. And... Uh, I've seen like a lot of it just on my Twitter. I see many people saying, you know, I'm a Sony guy for a long time, but you know, the Xbox really got me interested here. Yeah, and, well, it's what 90 million now active users, you know. Yeah, uh, I think that, that might be a future uh, topic here, but yeah, I mean, that that stuff uh, is unbelievable. I mean, it's now or never. I mean, it's time. I think they should show as much as they can, be as transparent as much as they can, uh, coming May 7th, and I think. They should show how these games perform on all three, you know, the cloud, Xbox Series X, and the Lockhart. Yeah. Absolutely. You just take steroids and just go crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, some of the yeah, man. I mean, everyone's home. You have a lot of the attention right. of a lot of people. You know, let it go, man. No, but, but the point is, is, yeah, this is the time for them to let me mm-hmm. and I think that they are, you know. Uh and uh it's it's a nice it's a nice change because I've been doing podcasts, we've been doing this show for so long. There's so many times where we were like Xbox it's the worst thing being a fan. It's so hard being an Xbox fan, right? You know. And there have been times where, you know, quite frankly people were pissed off and Xbox fans, loyal Xbox fans had enough and you know, they lost a lot of fans, but, you know, they definitely seem to be, you know, gaining back a, a lot of fans. That they yeah, some of those people are coming back. Yeah. We're yeah. opening up a little bit more, for yeah. sure. I was going to say, I think it's funny how um, some have been trying to push this narrative that PlayStation isn't showing anything for next gen, really, because they're keeping the end of this gen relevant. When I feel like Microsoft is doing more, keeping the the end of this generation relevant, all while hyping us for next generation. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, Shock, is there anything? Uh, are you looking forward to seeing any uh, specific developers or publishers over on the 
showcasing uh, from Microsoft? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to the the new Assassin's Creed game they showed off, and I've been hearing rumors that they might maybe announce uh, maybe acquisition of new devs. I'm not sure if they meant like full full on developer, but or yeah. just like devs himself, kind of like uh, Gallagher for uh, the initiative. Um, but yeah, I did want to <laughs> I did want to mention this notion because I saw our boy uh, Jay, uh, our. <laughs> Our dude on a J Dub that we always like, kind of friendly converse with, uh, with me and like Tim. Um, mm-hmm. But he kind of had this poll of like, which guy would you want back, or which execs would you want back, like Peter Moore, Don Matrick. But it's funny because it feels like everybody just wants, like, if you like, I messaged you guys earlier. If basically all the people that hate what Phil Spencer's doing, if he just gave him the same first party output that's been kind of you know pretty bad this gen. But made all those big third-party games exclusive, like Cyberpunk, Red Dead Redemption, Sekiro, uh, The Witcher 3. If those were exclusive to Xbox, doesn't give you any more games than what you would have played this gen on the Xbox. But if you made those exclusive, those people would be like, oh my god, Xbox is amazing this gen. Like, that's what they would be saying. I, I don't understand. I don't see how that makes sense, but that's like what they're, it's what people are saying, basically. Like, they just want stuff exclusive, that's it. Yeah, well, I think that where you're coming from is, is you make a good point. Uh, you know, a lot of times I find Xbox fans want what the other competition has had. What I mean by that is, is like, I remember 2013, 2014, I would say 2016. I had so many fans, fans that now say, oh, power doesn't matter. I had so many fans, Xbox fans, that say, Oh, what are they going to do about this power situation? This is embarrassing. 900p is embarrassing. They need to fix this. They need to fix this. And when they fix that, then, of course, the whole game thing came up. Um, so it's like kind of like always like what the other competition has, has had that you haven't and they want. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying. It's kind of um, if, you, if, you, if you look at this gen... I think from a whole, it's really not as bad as it, as it actually turned out. I think that they've had games, strong output games in the, in the beginning, and they've had games uh, up until a certain point where they definitely uh, deserve the criticism because they, you know, at one point, the 2007-2008, the output there was pretty, uh, pretty pathetic, and they deserve the criticism that they got, and that put them in a hole. But, um, you know, I mean, overall, uh, you know, this is the type of thing where now it's they, they pretty much have everything. And that's what I, I, I've said, you know, going into this generation, I told Jeremy and Jeremy agreed. And, and we've talked about this. If they didn't get the power, they'd be in trouble. They, the, power, the power thing would, would be, uh, you know, propped up in their face again. Yeah. Wouldn't be seeing the things that you're seeing, like, oh, teraflops don't matter anymore, or you know, certain things that are being pushed around. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that they they nailed it with the spec side. Now, let's hopefully they nail it on the price end. If they nail it on the price end, you, you know, you're looking at a, a you know a pretty unbelievable streak of, of good news. Predator in the chat uh, brought up a crisis. And uh, that event, I remember there was something that was tweeted out, I guess, was it last week? What do you guys think about that? You think there's a good chance that will show? That's third party? 
Maybe. Maybe some remaster. Uh, well, that would be interesting because, mm -hmm. yeah, they did announce the uh, the original Crisis remaster. I mean, they could show it off. Or, hey, possibly, you know, with the timing of a remaster announcement a week or so ago, what are the chances of uh, a new Crisis game being in the works, right? You never yeah. know. Crisis, Crisis is one of these games where, you know, it, it did a lot in terms of, you know, just how it looked aesthetically, um, you know, it showcased what the Crytek engine uh, was able to do. The same thing with Rise, you know, Rise, mm -hmm. uh, you can you can make the argument that being 900p Rise is still the, the uh, you know, the, the best Xbox game in terms of graphics uh, till this day. You know, people would say that. So I don't know. It's just, um, you know, Crytek is is a great engine to use an expensive engine to use i'm hearing right tim crytek's pretty expensive yeah they uh they've actually um they've actually sold part portion of the engine but uh, as far yeah. as like uh as far as uh, in terms of um outputting power it's one of the most intensive to this day intensive yeah. itself uh uh, the, the engine has always been intensive, and it's uh, you know tech, you know you need a yeah. really rig to run it or a really strong console. But to this day, Crisis is still used in benchmarks in certain yep. computers. Yep. And that's a lot to say because I think it was way ahead of its time when it came out. But yeah, no Crytek. Uh, as far as visuals, if they could have Crytek, Cyberpunk. Um, you know, from software there, I think that that's uh, pretty pretty huge. They could, if they could show, you know, a couple of new games, and they could show Crisis working on the, uh, on, supposedly running on the X. Uh, I think that would be insane. Yeah, that's I was going to say uh, one thing to think about because it's a third party event. It's going to be mostly dedicated to third party. Yep. Yeah. Correct. There's a strong possibility Mike Ibarra might make an appearance. Yeah, that'd be nice, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if the CEOs are doing that nowadays or whatever. But <laughs> we'll see. Well, we got to think about the fact that a lot of all these events are going to be done digitally. Um, it's not going to be hard to do it from an office somewhere, or a, yeah. I'm saying it'd be because it's not like nowadays where somebody has to walk out on stage and make an appearance. I mean, there's going to be a lot of appearances from people that are going to be somewhere other than where the event is being held. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I would love one day for Mike to, to come on an Xbox show, whether it be third party form and and uh, you know, uh, you know, just just show his face. I, I I have to say that I kind of feel bad the way that whole situation ended, and and. Uh, <laughs> You know, like um, Mike's a great guy, and you know maybe certain things weren't, you know, they didn't see eye to eye on something. But um, and even Mike Nichols too, uh, the guy that, uh, that that left Xbox. Um, you have to realize those guys, especially Mike Ybarra, were yeah. one of the big reasons why Xbox Series X is where it is, why it is the way it is. If Mike wasn't there. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that it would be this good. Uh, so, wow. point is, is that I just wish that Mike, maybe them one day could 
kind of like whatever, get back and just have a nice reunion. Because uh, to me, Mike was a big part of Xbox. And uh, I just feel like it wasn't really the way it left off. wasn't really, it didn't feel like it was, uh, you know, closed to close the way it should be. Um, because like I said, Mike was such a big part of Xbox and such a, you know, such a, a, a strong personality that pushed for the things that us fans wanted. I mean, he's the type of guy that would be like, no, we're not losing again to this. We're never losing to Sony. You can't lose. Yeah, to he had that fire definitely from what I got to know him too. What's Mike Nichols? I got to know him pretty well too. Did he, yeah. um, where did he yeah. go? Is he, is he still in the industry somewhere or? Michigan man. Like I said, I mentioned him too. Uh, you know, he kind of left. You know, uh, I don't know what the times were there, uh, but he, he again, he was part of Game Pass. I remember one time I wrote a tweet and I said, you know, uh, that the uh, the certain guy from Netflix kind of fit his position, and um, or or replaced him. And I felt bad because it seemed like. Uh, it kind of put Mike in a, in a light where he was being replaced, and he never the, his spot was never really identified or, or um, you know, or explained. When he left, it was just like kind of back, you know, nobody knew who he was really, or you know. But he was such a huge part of building Game Pass and building the marketing behind Game Pass uh, that a guy like him, uh, you know, he's another person that. If he wasn't around, I don't know if Xbox Game Pass is in the position that it's you know, these guys they work for the companies for years and they, they definitely make them better. But uh, as in everything, you go to different places, you work in different areas, uh, you know, you just it's just what happens in the business. But uh, he was another one, another uh, guy that that uh, that uh, I wish, uh, you know, just in one day, like even Pinello and all these guys could just come together for a reunion and, you know, just talk about the things, because what they went through in 2013 and, and everything that went on with the DRM and, and all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, good guy, Mike. I think yeah. the last time you saw him, Tim, was uh, New York at the uh, X1X launch, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. I think that was a... Yeah. That's what I saw. I saw Nichols there uh, mm-hmm. as well. So um, we were planning on if we were at this point we would all be going E3. Mm-hmm. We would be Mike. Mike was. I was planning to be Mike, and we were going to do everything. Um, you know, even though he's not with Xbox, it's still kind of uh, pretty cool with him. You know, we probably would have met up. We would have had the, the the Megatron always runs the party. Uh, I don't think uh, it's the last time we'll see Mike. I think we'll definitely see him probably next year if there's an event. I hope next year maybe that there could be like something where, you know, it kind of just would be where, you know, guys just, I wouldn't say buried the hatch because I don't think it's that deep, but just kind of, uh, you know, just just appreciate what, what they've done. And, and you know, uh, when Xbox One X, Series X comes out, uh, I'm going to make it a point to make sure that Mike gets uh, – his due credit because um, whether you like Mike or not, Mike speaks his mind. Mike's, Mike's, Mike to me was, uh, you know, New York personality in, in, a, in a passive aggressive West Coast Seattle that, 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 that you know, that, that was needed in Microsoft and um, for them losing him. And, and, my, and Nichols was a lot, a lot of the same way. Uh, you know, people that would say, you know, would stand up and say that's bullshit or, you know that's 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 uh, horse shit. 
and not afraid to speak their minds because they want Xbox to be in the best position that it's in. But Tim, yeah. I think I think it's fair to say that the Series X is Mikey Barr's legacy. And wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah, I, yeah. And to I, a I, certain I, extent. To a certain extent, and I and I kind of feel that uh, he won't get involved with it because now he's involved with something uh, totally different. But he's also he has colleagues like you know Jason Ronald and people that have also worked on the project. That were yeah. The project. Uh, that Mike doesn't want to like because I one day I said Mike I would love for you to come on on one of the shows uh, TXR or RDX and you know talk about you know what you've done here and he says he says uh, you know I would love to but he says that's just not fair to my colleagues that work just as hard as me um, and and uh, you know he didn't want to steal the limelight uh, which kind of shows you what type of person Mike really is you know uh, you know if he was a, a disgruntled guy he would say oh it's me me me. But uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I would say Mike was. Uh, I put it this way: if Mike was not around in 2016, I don't think that you'd be looking at the same Series X. I think that you would be looking at something a little bit different. I think Mike was the guy that said, "Let's fucking go crazy." Excuse my language, but we'd have got a con- another connection. I was just, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm only joking. I know we. <laughs> We're far from that, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Tim. Yeah. Well, teraflops of RDNA two technology. You look at that, and the only person that would be crazy enough to pitch that to me is Mike. So that's yeah. why uh, I, I think that mm-hmm. he's a big part of Xbox legacy, and um, hopefully he gets his due respect in that regard because definitely was a uh, a big part of that, and also Mike Nichols also gets the respect he deserves with. Um, uh, you know, Game Pass and certain portions of marketing because uh, Mike was huge with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's going to be very exciting once Thursday comes along and uh, definitely uh, we'll have lots to hear about, lots to chat about next week and uh, yeah, definitely uh, lots to look forward to. Guys, I'm going to move us along to another topic And in a blog post a few days ago, Xbox head Phil Spencer confirmed that Project xCloud will be added to Xbox Game Pass later this year. Now, Xbox had teased this back in November, but now we we have definitive news that we'll be seeing it added by the end of the year. Now, Centurion, why is this a big deal that xCloud is being added into Game Pass? Uh, well, for starters, um, it kind of fits Microsoft's portfolio to start for the fact that they are more of a subscription-based, um, they, they enjoy subscription-based business models. We'll just say that. And um, that's like you what you said, the Netflix of gaming. Um, it's pretty much what this has been compared to. And what's making it even more over the top is we all know that Microsoft is rolling out Game Pass right now as we speak in Japan and Korea. And we all know the Asian market was a tough nut to crack for Microsoft. So what better way to uh, get the ecosystem into their hands than to uh, basically get them Game Pass and then eventually uh, turn on xCloud and they're going to have access to the entire Xbox ecosystem at that point. And they don't have to sell hardware in these regions. That This is going to give them access to regions that they don't sell hardware in. And they're actually going to be able to reach people that they've never been able to reach before. And I think it's absolutely amazing. 
Well, how much access, uh, though, Centurion? Because they still Xbox still has a hole with its Japanese market uh, in terms of the games that uh, are accessible, and you're you know obviously that they have um, because Sony and PlayStation just have an abundance of those titles. So, I'm just saying. So you're telling me the Eastern market has no desire whatsoever for Western no, no. I'm just I'm just saying how much you know. It's just one uh, of those things. Obviously, they're working on that, you know, um, in that video that I dropped last, there was that whole thing that um, Sega Bits came out and uh, was going to mm -hmm. had that whole thing coming out where they were supposed to have some kind of event in June with uh, Xbox and that was quickly took down. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, so definitely um, I think they got something cooking up with some of the uh, publishers and developers that are over there. Um, but mainly I also do see it as like, cause it's kind of funny, you know, I don't, we're interested. There's a ton of people over here that want the content from over there. And I'm pretty yeah. sure it's just vice versa as well. There's probably a ton of people over there that would love the content, um, that's over here. Like, um, look at how successful the Transformers movies were in, um, that air in that market. Um, like, I mean, those, those movies exploded in that market. Now it's kind of funny that the idea from transformers originally came from Asia, then it was Westernized and mm -hmm. then it went back and they couldn't get enough of the Western version of transformers. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I want, I don't want to say it's a bad, it's a bad example, but you know, for, for I'm example, the original movies, I'm not talking about like how many transformer movies there has been and all this other stuff. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like when the franchise first kind of got, yeah. It, it's kind of like legs going um, around the first and second Transformer movies. You know, come on. It's, was it they're like almost like an actual scale replica of Megatron? I mean, not Megatron, Optimus Prime. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, first, first person games, for example, don't do well. Now, they've been more accepting in in uh, in the East as opposed to, uh, you know, back in the day where uh, it was non-existent. But, you know, game streaming has been around for a long time. I mean, shit. I remember when I was streaming back on my Ouya back in 2014. You know, obviously the technology has changed since then with the ability to cross, uh, play across, you know, most devices. Um, to have access to Game Pass really is the key. And I think even though Xbox won't be the first out of the gate to do it, I think they'll be the first out of the gate to do it right. Yeah, the Nvidia Shield uh, does a good job with the game game streaming, but again, you're paying two hundred dollars for the pro, you know, the Pro Access Pro system for it, uh, and it's not cheap. And um, you know, the content's good. The content's there. They have, they, it's almost like Game Pass where they have over a hundred games in their portfolio too. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see. Um, how they incorporate is it gonna be all game pass games or it gonna be some game pass games? Why wouldn't it be uh, all game pass games though? It's just it's simple. <laughs> They're gonna be yeah. game pass. Well, we don't time. know the tech behind I mean yeah, you might have to get permission too from third yeah. is, it end, is it the end goal of XCloud to pretty much have like a it's pretty much a virtual console? Like yeah. like basically much. access first party, right. third party, all that stuff. Well, they said that yeah, if you buy Game Pass, that you, you automatically get xCloud, and they said you still then get to stream all of your games. At least that's what they uh, 
I if you have a console, if you have the console, the monster right? guy's yeah. name who said it at the uh, what was it Gamescom or no, it was that Me- uh, Mexico event they had? I think the, he said it. The monster. But supposedly guy. we're supposed to get access to all of our games, at least Xbox One. I don't know about 360 streaming those, but you know, yeah. I like. How- I don't know how it's going to work out. I think that it'll work out somewhat in between of what we're all thinking, but I don't know if it's exactly what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a further strike into Google Stadia? Because very soon you'll have both the option to download and stream. So, I mean, it is making it much more that Netflix of game games and no. then some. Where are they, Invader? Where is Google? You you don't hear from them anymore. They've cut down on marketing significantly. I mean, it, you don't even see people making game. I mean, I don't even hear people making I've, games for I've them. Actually heard they started scaling back the direct, like the direction they were going for Stadia. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, were so, they giving away subscriptions or something about a month ago? You remember, I we talked about that. That's mm-hmm. the best idea to get, you know, get it in people's hands. Um, I think eventually they're going to have to rethink it to where they're going to have to incorporate the stadia into the chromecast technology itself meaning when you break when you buy and purchase chromecast that you're getting basically a stadia too now here's a question i honestly see google possibly kind of going back to the drawing board and not at least kind of like scrapping stadia but kind of going for going for it a second time but this time actually uh possibly bringing in a little bit of local hardware to help them. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, if it's worth it, you know, how much is that going to cost them? Not that they don't have the money, but it's even worth it. Now they, already, point. Well, they thought they could use their Chromecast, and they found out that um, the Chromecast wasn't exactly uh, how, uh, handling Stadia too well. So this actually gives them a chance to, in a, in, a speak, in a matter of speaking, to go and redesign the Google Chromecast. And if they do something like that with Stadia in mind, you might be able right. to box Stadia and Google Chromecast in the same uh, local piece of hardware. Now imagine them getting, giving it for free. Uh, you know, giving it away for free, and they could definitely afford it. So they would have to cover their costs somehow in another way. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I like where Xbox is going here, though, guys. Like both, I just I I, I like the options having uh, being able to download or stream. Like I mean, I, there there's pros and cons to to both sides, but but just being able to like let's say you just want to test something, right? You don't want to download the full game, you and you just stream it in an instant, right? You play ten minutes of it, you, and you don't like it, okay, that's fine. But then you have something downloading in the background, or you download something the next day. I don't know. It's I just think it's really cool. It's really promising and. We have a lot to look forward to on this. So, you know, I, I envision a day where, uh, you know, you can buy one or two systems for the household, but then you have Xbox, um, you know, in in every room in your house. You could on your Samsung TV, uh, your LG TV, uh, and I hope one day that the X Cloud can be um, accessible to these to these TVs. And be used as a console eventually. You know, I think that's, that's the, the ultimate hope. goal, though. I mean, just the barrier, the price barrier, and then what they have to pay in R and D for the hardware itself. I think, right? Um, definitely. You know, we spoke about this before. It's 
yeah. you know, being accessible, you know, people just can't afford to buy the hardware. You know, when you once you get past that point where you can play anywhere on any device at minimum cost, you know, um, yeah, it's definitely a plus for the industry. So, <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, definitely, guys. And yeah, the, you know, the tech is always interesting. I'm just again, I hate to bring up options all the time, but I just I, I like it. It's it's a good move on Microsoft's part, uh, putting it in with Game Pass. And yeah, it's it's a good move on their part. Now, I'm going to go into our next batch of news, guys, and we got a bit of numbers and statistics from Microsoft on how the Xbox division has been doing this quarter, especially with the whole the worldwide outbreak that's been going on, you know, making stuff all crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stated that gaming revenue was down by 1% year over year and that Xbox content and services revenue is actually up 2%. Microsoft noted a slight rise in Xbox content and services, attributing that to more people staying inside and playing over the past few months. Mm-hmm. But that was, well, they, they mentioned some other stuff uh, partially being offset by uh, supposedly a high prior year comparable primarily from a third party title. Uh, just interesting wording there. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to hit you up first here. Now, despite everything that's been going on, Xbox seems to be doing rather well, haven't they? Yes, I make the joke in DM when I send that, uh, you know, that that link out. But overall, I think <laughs> I think overall it was good news from Xbox camp. I know Sony was down uh, considerably in the first quarter as of early March. It's probably due to the PlayStation not having any like major releases. Nintendo is set to have a monster, monster first quarter. I think it's going to be insane growth, uh, obviously, with the release of Animal Crossing. Um, they're selling a lot of units and a lot of games. I remember the last time, uh, last year at this time, there were some fantastic releases. You know, Q1, we had the Resident Evil 2 came out, uh, I believe, and then we had Kingdom Hearts 3. I think it was it was last year, right? Yeah. So, um and that was just the tip of the iceberg. And I remember last year at this time we were we were like hot and heavy into some of these games. We're like, holy sh- holy crap, these are some crazy titles coming out January, February. And you know, we didn't know what to play first. I think considering uh we're at the end of the console generation, it's a win-win for Xbox, you know, as far as the numbers coming out uh for Xbox Live and Game Pass. I think it's promising news. I think once xCloud launches with Game Pass, I think you're going to see even more growth on top of that. Um, so I think overall it was a good showing. Um, numbers, you know, even though they were flat, I think it was, like I said, it was still a win-win uh, considering uh, considering the state we're in right now. And, I, the, and coronavirus didn't really affect them that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, I heard I seen something like that as far as that goes, but you've seen people, uh, you know, play a lot of games. Um, I definitely seen on my side. Go ahead, Centurion. You're going to say I something. Would, well, yeah, because I, I um I know what you do for a living. You know what I do for a living. So when you hear the term that sales are flat, that means you're not really losing money or making mm-hmm. money. You're just right. stagnant. Yeah. In, in today's economy, with everything going on, 
if you're flat, you're at least doing well right now. Yeah. You're not, you're at the end of a console generation, you know, right now sales should be down and you're flat. I think Microsoft's actually doing quite well. Call me crazy, but there's a lot yeah. of businesses right now in today's economy that would like to be flat and not in the negative. Right. But you remember mm -hmm. last year too, with this huge releases, there was huge releases last year. We didn't have that this year. So for them being flat, I think it's just a win-win. See, that's where I don't know if I could say we had, because like, you know, to play devil's advocate, I'm pretty sure if Last of Us 2 would have came out, you know, that would have helped fuel the gaming industry. Yeah. Um, Doom Eternal had it, you know, had its uh, shortcomings because they were trying to figure out how to get the Doom Eternal pre-orders in everybody's hands back in March. And that's when they found out yeah. that mm -hmm. they're going to have some serious logistics issues when it comes to getting games to people. So well, they were doing uh, Xbox think, was doing that special. Sorry to interrupt. No. Yeah. Uh, they were doing that special where you buy Doom Eternal, you get six dollars in in reward points off. So it's basically five dollars off. Oh, okay, that was cool. See, I should have done that then. I did not know that. See, I'm not. Yeah, always there was only a specific date where you can do. It. I think it was like, um, gosh, if I remember correctly, March, uh, uh, March first or something like that. Um, through the 29th. I, I don't remember. Anyway, so I'm just getting at that uh you know definitely i feel like uh the gaming industry would have had a lot more heavy hitters coming out if it wasn't for what's going on uh because we've already seen some big titles already have to pivot and come out at different times outside of when they originally thought they would so I i'm kind of curious on what the gaming industry would truly look like in its with the the, the final year of this generation uh sadly being yeah. uh hindered by this whole you know, global problem. You know, with, with school being out, kids are forced to do homeschooling. Um, you know, they're playing more games now. Parents are playing more games now with their kids. Um, it's just a massive spike um, in business as a result. I mean, you guys seen it with the consoles being out of stock in, in some cases. No. Um I think the gaming the game industry and business insiders said it was the biggest march in 10 years in terms of console sales, uh, games, accessories, uh, and it all topped at 1.6 billion. I'm reading that according to the MPD Group monthly report. Um, I'm mm -hmm. curious what um, all these because uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of people right now that are a just getting into gaming, b getting back into gaming. Um, we have all these people becoming gamers once again in one way or another. And I'm curious on what this is going to do for next generation because are we going to have some new um, people that are going to stick with it past what's going on yeah. or are they going to put the controller down? When well, not only I think it's going to be a case Centurion where we're going to have massive shortages on every every level. This virus is not going away come December. Um, you know, so I think on top of that with people, you know, more people wow. being inside, more people playing games, I think it, Xbox series X's are going to be hard to come by. Not and to be, so, that you know, guy. I, I, yeah. I don't, I, well, I don't want to be that guy. I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm just saying, I don't see the people that are using the pandemic to get back into gaming 
all of a sudden wanting to go out and buy the Series X, and I'm not trying to. Be no, no, no. I'm not saying that. Some of these people are just now um, getting into the Xbox One ecosystem, the PS4 ecosystem. They're just now getting ingrained into it, experiencing the services that weren't there probably when they left at the beginning of the generation. You know, PS Now, uh, Game Pass. And I don't really see them all of a sudden going, I need a Series X because they're just now getting into this hobby. And we all know how it starts when you start getting into gaming. You kind of find your comfort level on what you can afford. And then you just kind of go from there. So I think in general, the gaming industry is going to see a huge boom. I'm not talking about Series X in general, mm-hmm. but that's part of it. You know, you, you take in consideration... Uh, what Sony's doing, you take in consideration what Nintendo's going to do, whether or not they're going to unveil the Switch 2, um, and all that stuff. And then you factor in more people are staying home playing games. Uh, you know, what if they go out and buy a console? Which one? Depending on which one, who knows? Well, at least it's going to limit it to um, the only shortages we're really going to have are um, local hardware and availability of internet. You know, we already see right now how strained the internet system really is in the United States. Um, So those are going to be your only limitations because at least we have it to where you're not going to have shortages of the games themselves because everything can be acquired digitally. And that's another thing that I'm always kind of like got going on in my head because of all the issues right now, getting physical copies into people's hands. And we all know how some of these uh, publishers um, had incentives to basically sell more physical than digital if possible. And I really see a lot of that stuff kind of getting reversed. I really see a lot more digital sales being pushed or deluxe digital versions of games coming out uh like let's use rage 2 for example rage 2 had a digital deluxe version that was not ex- that was not available physically you could not buy the items in that mm-hmm. uh that package uh physically you had to do it digitally and i really see a lot of games starting to do that to incentivize digital purchases because they're not hindered by uh distribution issues right and it's it just costs less to do it why why spend spend that extra uh dollar amount uh, or cost when you can bring it to the end uh, they're still releasing games at 60 70 80 90 dollars a pop that hasn't changed but uh, even though the cost of digital is a lot cheaper to produce well i think it's funny that you say how games are getting more expensive this goes back on a shockley talking earlier about exclusives I really see exclusives eventually becoming something that's actually generally a first party thing because with third party studios, we already see now uh, with what's going on and all the controversy that happened over at Naughty Dog, whether whatever's true, what's not true. We all see how these games are becoming more expensive to produce, um, that these developers um, need to be at least paid better or whatever they got going on over there. Um, so, what I'm getting at is I see exclusives kind of starting to be a first party thing because in the end, when you try to create a third party exclusive game, um, one, it hurts the developers and it hurts sales because you're kind of limiting the exposure that game can have on a different ecosystem. And then also I think it's just going to get so expensive to lock these games down exclusively that it's just going to be an asinine amount of money that none of these, uh, Microsoft or Sony is going to want to flip the bill for eventually 
because like look at how much money it costs to make red dead redemption 2 could you imagine the price yeah. tag associated to make that game exclusive like i'm i mean like I, I even i you know even though i know microsoft probably could afford it they'd balk at the idea of spending that kind of money well back in the day um that's why i think games in general are not going to be uh, they're going to stay at $60 for quite some time. And I don't think it's going to be moved to like $65, $70 in the near future. I don't think so. Uh, you take into consideration, you know, back in the day when they released, like, for example, the Neo Geo cartridges. I mean, Shockley uh, could attest to this. He knows exactly how much those games cost back in the days where you were paying $75, $80 because those cartridges were, <laughs> were just so... Oh, I remember Legend of Zelda was like over 60 bucks back then. Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah. See, I like think it's funny dollars. that uh I think it's funny that everybody's saying that games still cost 60 bucks. Actually, um, um game developers and publishers have found ways to sell these games for more um by doing things that we find acceptable, you know, gold right. edition, right. edition, the super deluxe edition, the complete edition, all this stuff to kind of just throw it in there to kind of sweeten the pot. Now we're starting to see different versions of games coming out to kind of help get that price up there. You know, you understand retail um, downer, you know, you kind of throw yeah. something in there to kind of fluff the deal to make it look better. And I still don't know why that they cry about the microtransactions. I mean, it's just silly oh, to me, dude. The, <laughs> see, I, I understand that microtransactions have a place. What is Tim? What is Tim going to say? Uh, they also sell themselves to the subscription services now, PSN now, and then Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's, there's different avenue revenue things. The thing that I want to say about this, uh, you guys went off a little on, on a tangent, but <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're talking about the Xbox numbers, okay, CNBC came to Microsoft. There's going to be other tech uh, media outlets that are coming to Microsoft. The numbers that they saw opened people's eyes. Now, the numbers that really opened people's eyes was over 10 million games. Game, um, game Pass. Game pass. Yeah. That is a huge number. Now, people say, oh, well, it's $1. Okay, the $1 deal, deal that they had uh, that started was in May of 2019. Okay, it was for three months. Yeah. A lot of those people stayed on. The fact of the matter is, is they're above 10 million. They were above 10 million last quarter. Uh, I remember I was teasing it. Um, I didn't want to announce it for, for, for certain reasons, but uh, they're above 10 million. I can definitively tell you that. And uh, that wasn't even the biggest number that really got people uh, shook. The thing that got people really uh, looking at Microsoft was the 90 million active users. The yeah. last time that they talked about Microsoft active users was at 64 million in February of 2019. That's insane you're, growth. You're yeah. talking about 26 million people are active on your uh, that the, the growth of that is is this all gen nothing came close to that and this is within a year. So this is 26 million in a year. If they get another twenty-six million in a year next year, they will be close to the uh, leader in active users. And the things that that contributed to this is obviously Game Pass, 
And yeah. PC Game Pass has been a huge success as well. So the thing to take away from that is, is that the $90 million is really the eye-opener there. Even though that the, the people would say that the you know, Game Pass is, uh, of $10 million is such a huge number. If you, if you do the numbers, you're talking, let's say, uh, $500 to $700 million min- minimum on uh, you know, annual uh, revenue. You know? Yeah, uh, and I think... A- that's a cute. That's that's about that's about five six. That's about five six AAA games, or say three AAA games, um, and that number is going to grow. Halo hasn't hit, but that ninety million active users really opened people's eyes and is really showing the growth that's going on at Xbox right now. And I think once X Cloud launches with Game Pass, you're going to see just insane growth on top of that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're already in the hundred thousand, and not to the way this was the last subject, but the most active users on on XCloud is guess yeah. from where? Guess guess was from what what part of the world? Korea. Uh, say it again. The most users of XCloud in the, as far as in 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 area is Korea, and, and oh yeah, like, when they launched it, yeah. Yeah, they're like seventy-five percent of the usage of, of, of everyone else. So there, that goes to the point where they are adding these users. I'd say in the next two years, Xbox is going to be the number one monthly active user, uh, you know, uh, company for gaming going. And right now, Sony PCs before that, and now then Xbox. But the the ad of twenty-six million is mind-boggling. So now. Now think about, I'm sorry to interrupt, but now think about the games coming out for Xbox. You know, you have Halo coming out, Halo Infinite coming out. It's going to be launching day one with Game Pass for free. Um, and if, you know, if they strike gold with some of these other games that are coming out, Fable, Fable 4, you know, just all these games that are coming out that are in the pipeline, launching game one with uh, day one with Game Pass. And incorporating that with X Cloud, I think, I think it's going to be one heck of a, a cu- next couple of years yeah. for Xbox. And as I far was... as hardware, I'll let you go, Satori. I just want to make this one point. As far as hardware, I've, t- I've been told if it's four ninety nine, uh, it's going to be gone in a day. So if it's four ninety nine, you better pre order it that day. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to be around if it's more than four ninety nine. If it's four ninety nine, so pre-order up. What were you saying, Centurion? I was just wanting to put it out there that you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Six seven months ago, when I decided to say something along the lines that I was predicting that that Game Pass numbers, uh, if not were if they weren't at ten million, that they were somewhere near ten million, and I pretty much might as well have been like in the crosshairs of like numerous people in the community. I mean, like I got so many people that came out of so many directions that basically told me I was nuts. I think I told you you were nuts too. I'm just saying it just, the math made sense on how many people were there and all that. What were you saying, Tim Dodd? Yeah. I remember when you said that, I said, I was thinking around six. I thought your 10 was too high. So kudos to you. You were right. 
Well, I'm, that's what I wasn't trying to say. I'm not trying to be like I was right. I'm just trying no, to say. But like, you do, you I think it's funny know. now that I want to go out. Come and on, take I, some fucking credit for once, I, Jesus. I want, I, well, I want to. <laughs> I want to be an a hole and just start like you know like adding people links to these articles and just being like you do know. Send, I'll be your first victim yeah, to send me one. You guys were there to like burn me down and bag my ashes because you guys were like, "There's no freaking way." I la- I laughed at you to be honest. I'm like, "Ha, Centurion, you're crazy smoking that that Kush." Oh, he was right. <laughs> Listen, you think about it though. Ten million at the time when you said ten million, and even now at ten million, it is crazy numbers. And they were like, like I said. They were at ten million. Of, uh, they were they, they were been over ten million for a little bit of time. So you were right. Now put this into perspective. Let's go off of uh, let's go off of uh, oh, screw it. I'll just say it. let's go off Sony Pony theory and say there's only fifty million uh, Xboxes that have been sold. You know when you have ten million, that puts you roughly around twenty percent of your install base. You yeah. know, which 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 is an astronomically different number compared to the other guys yeah. when they were like at like saying like oh we passed one million and it's like well don't you guys have a hundred million sold? Yeah. Now twenty percent to one. Now look, I still question a little bit those Game Pass numbers because are those active actual active oh. subscribers? That's subscribers, they actually specifically okay. subscribers. Now, mm-hmm. notice that they're saying with Xbox Live, it's 90 million active users. My wife uses my Xbox Live account, so I understand that number can be fluffed. Yeah. Well, supposedly you have to have seven minutes of gameplay to uh, be, be considered active. So if, let's say your wife played two minutes, she would not be considered active. You, or just say a counter created. Supposedly you know, that the parameters. That is a seven. question. I don't think she's played seven minutes this year yet. I will be truthful. She yeah. she plays on PS4. Now, what if those? Uh, for example, what if your family is included on that? I know I I add my family to that five. Well, you know. Yeah. The game yeah. Game, yeah. That would be considered. But that's all considered too when you consider PC and Steam and you consider. Yeah. PlayStation, yeah, there's a little bit of fluff. I even think there's probably a little bit of fluff yeah. in the Game Pass. But the bottom line is, is that let's just say it's let's just say it's eight million paying, and they're at t- that you're talking about eight hundred million uh, a year revenue or nine hundred sixty, almost a billion dollars in revenue. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you're getting to a point where if they say twenty million, where we're at twenty million subscribers in, in, in three years, like they've done. Uh, you know, there's no way around that. They're, that is a revenue stream that's blasting through their, their you know, it's, it's, it's coming. And, and the good thing is, is, is that they look at the, that money and they say, oh, this is what we need. We need games. This is going to go into games. So if a game doesn't sell as much as they needed, they, they're all sub- subsidized by this. This is their fail tape. Now, yeah. I don't think you're going to see Game Pass games going over that. 100 150 uh i think the reason being is because uh of just costs in general for xbox every everybody in game pass they have to pay so if you add games on top of that and publishers and developers that cost list is going to get pretty high and if you have a large install base not saying that 10 million is not but if you get into the 50 60 range and you can start adding games on top of that. Uh, so I think we're go ahead. 
No, but one of the reasons why they wanted to keep the numbers low and they didn't want to say the numbers is guess why? Why would you think that they didn't want to blab this number out? Think about it. The reason being is the third party publisher now says, huh, you're making eight bill, you're making 800 million a year. You got to pay me more money. So yeah. Xbox <laughs> actually, they're party. they're actually about a stone throw away. About if there's about eight hundred million, uh, we'll just say eight million paying subscribers at nine ninety nine a month. Now keep in mind, I know the dollars are going to wear off, and some people are right. making or paying fifteen dollars a month. They're actually at nine hundred and sixty million dollars at nine ninety nine a month. So that means they've probably they have created a subscription service that generates one billion dollar over one billion dollars a year. Just sitting there. That's think about that now. Think about how many how much you didn't have that active stream two, three years ago. You didn't have that. And that was the biggest thing. The reason why in 2017 and Jeremy was at a dinner once, and then he remembers what was said at that dinner. We will not say it here. I was, dis I was but, disappointed. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> the point is, is that they needed, because they were in a position, they needed this. If they did not have this, Xbox would probably not be making first-party games, or they would be making very few a la Valve. This was the way that Xbox got itself back into making games or finding a profitable way to make games because the position that they were in being a third, they were basically in third place and their games weren't selling as much. They didn't have the revenue line that Sony would have because look at Sony has all these games and making a ton of money to selling 3 million in the first week. There's been no, really no titles maybe other than Halo that even came close to that. And Sony it has a, a user base of, you know, double, almost double Xbox, it's very hard for Xbox to stay competitive. Mm -hmm. So Game Pass was the thing that made Xbox, uh, I would say, it gave Xbox the answer to how can we, you know, we talked about the cost of it. Centurion talked about first party, how expensive it was. You know, that was the thing that was talked about. When when Quantum Break came out, they would, I heard, through the grapevine and Rand heard the same thing. They had to sell five million games to break even. Yeah, yeah. They didn't come close. They lost a lot of money. They only now, sold. They only now, sold like right. what, one point five million dollar revenue coming in a year just on Game Pass. Now it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, your your game isn't successful unless you're selling five million copies, and that's and that means that that and that's a game that. You know, like triple A, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you need to sell five million copies and to put that into perspective. You know, uh, that's 300 million dollars. Now, how many um games does each publisher shove out every year? You know, when you're only putting two or three titles out a year and you got to hit that five million mark each time and it's a crapshoot, you know, look at Game Pass, Game Pass is basically consistent money that they can count on they have numerous first party games coming out and when one flops another one succeeds because that keeping them subscribed in game pass is the end goal and mm -hmm. that is going to generate the revenue that those games would have made if they were being sold exclusively well look at what tim was saying too that at the timing of all this uh, game pass started 
in I believe uh, summer of 2017. That's when we kind of, 2017 was kind of when we saw a lull in Xbox first party. They were uh, cutting a lot. They would cut a, a whole <clears throat> bunch of studios and uh, games and so on. And then Game Pass kicked in. Then we've slowly been seeing, been seeing the resurgence again. So it's been very healthy for their system. You can tell by just by the amount of subscribers, like Correct. having yeah over 10 like 10 or 11 million subscribers into game pass alone that's amazing that's not even including uh again you get a discount if you buy the game uh from uh game pass as well like there's a whole bunch of other facets to this and i just it's it's amazing to see the resurgence of xbox uh again you know when i was just to say i just wish i could have been there in the boardroom when phil spencer was pitching his ideas on how to save the Xbox brand essentially and game pass came up and, you know, fast, fast forward to what it is now. You know, it, I just think it's really, I can only just imagine what it sounded like when he was first describing the idea and concept of game pass. You know, Tim, he, when you say, Tim, when you say, uh, I'll go ahead and respond to Centurion. No, no, I was going to say what you say, but when you, you look at that, they, there was a time where Phil and everyone had approved to Satya that Xbox yeah. was a viable uh, business. And um, for a while there, it wasn't looking good. And what were you going to say, Jeremy? So when you say that uh, the reason why they haven't shown the numbers, uh, you know, being from a position of strength, I think it, it can go both ways. You know, now with them finally releasing the hard numbers, I think you see develop you're gonna see developers and publishers jump on board saying, Hey, this can be really profitable for us. It can go both ways. So I yes, think that's, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had brought that up to somebody. I said I said, you know, my take is is that if you tell somebody that uh, this is the most popular service, guess what? You look at Sony, they everyone everyone knew it was the most popular console. People don't think twice, they just go with popularity. And that's the same thing with Game Pass, I felt. Um, you know, if you say, hey, we're at 10 million, shit, you get CNBC and mainstream media knocking on your door saying, wow, what's going on? Let's talk about the numbers. And mm-hmm. then the soccer moms or the, the people, the dad investors that are watching that show say, huh, this is the way to go. Now they know what Game Pass is. You try to explain to them what PSN now is, they're going to they're look at you like you have three heads. But when you normalize it and you say, hey, this is the most popular service, this is the biggest service, and even to the point like this is the most popular console, uh, people are, I've always said this, and it might be a little crude, but uh, I feel like consumers are sheep. They will go with just what's popular just because they've heard it was popular. And there's no other thinking other than that. Oh, yeah, it's 100% true. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Shock, I just wanted to get your opinion on this. Do you, uh, now, according to Phil, do you agree with his comments that the pandemic has uh, been driving a flood of new gamers uh, to the service? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just from like me flipping my, uh, what, launch day Switch tablet, just the tablet for, you know, over 300. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely a huge demand. Um, well, I've been maybe trying to that's... get one of those. Yeah, maybe that's what's included in that in that Xbox Live flux of new subscribers. Maybe that's included. I mean, he's he said that there are new users on the Xbox platform. 
Absolutely. So I think maybe that's part of it. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely, it. especially I've gone on a binge buying PlayStation games, you know, after I, you know, hopped on Final Fantasy, I was like, yeah, let me check out the rest of the store. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going back to work or back to the office apparently now until August. So I'm going to have a lot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Back the train up. Did you just (laughs) say you have your credit card information stored on a PlayStation hardware? (laughs) (laughs) Man, you got to use that PayPal, y'all. Dude. Shout out to to Monkey Pontillo and uh, Fastback. Uh, If there's an Xbox Series X, um, uh, I would love for that. I think that the design for... uh, uh, for a custom console for the Series X is awesome, but I don't know. I I would love for that, but I don't know if that's gonna happen right off the bat. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Maybe not right off the bat, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I I've seen a few designs already. Xbox Pope has put a couple out. They've been really sweet uh, just by his designs alone. Um, all right, fellas, we're gonna move on to the next topic, and there's. A lot of new stuff, obviously, going into the next-gen consoles. Now, a few days ago, Phil Spencer responded to a question over Twitter about what technologies in the Xbox Series X that we'll see a big advancement in. Phil brought up ray tracing along with dynamic latency input, or DLI for short. He stated, and I quote, In my view, the feel of games this upcoming generation will change as dramatically as any since 2D to 3D, given CPU upgrade, DLI, memory, and SSD. So basically, dynamic latency input makes controls more precise and responsive. Now, Shock, I'm going to let you uh, get into this one first. Is DLI a dramatic change for console and controller gaming, or is it just like kind of PR talk from these companies? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think this is going to be, and that's why I kind of, like, if they did Lockout, that's why I was saying, like, even if it might not be as powerful, that SSD is going to make almost the biggest jump as what we've seen maybe from the 360 from the PS2 days where we jumped to HD so you could really see the difference. So I think you're definitely going to see that here on this gen. Um, that's just going to be like, oh, my God, I'm instantly in the game. And just you'll notice how much quicker it is um but i hope i'm hoping these consoles can do the ray tracing i hear that's very demanding so but from what they've shown off that lighting can really make it way more immersive where you can actually see a difference there too but definitely the ssd is going to be huge this gen i think Absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously, it sucks when you feel out of sync with gameplay. Is this a big step for highly competitive genres like fighters and shooters? Because always, like, I always hear about how fighters you have to be. It's very precise, and especially with shooters too. You know, you get a sync, and it just makes you want to like throw your controller against the wall if uh, you know the hit boxes. You know, everything's just out of place, right? Yeah, I think what what's going to go on is. Um... Uh, like Phil said, that he's talking about the feel of the game, and he keeps emphasizing that. Uh, you know, you're gonna have 120 frames per second DLI, um, and uh, you know it's gonna. You're really gonna be able to feel it, and you know, feel it, visually see it, um, and uh, you know that's gonna be a big part of next generation. I feel, um, and um, it's it's a good thing. You know, I mean, I would love for it if 
uh, you know, you hit the wrong button and you were electrocuted, you know, and uh, it would electrocute your fingers and burn your fingers off just to teach you a lesson, like not to hit the X. Um, so, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be awesome that, you know, Microsoft um, has a great online uh, service. Um, it's actually the place to be to, uh, um, play online multiplayer when you're a console uh, gamer and definitely this is just going to be something that Microsoft is going to be able to show that their system definitely shines when it comes to online multiplayer and Twitch shooters. Well, yeah, it'd be good for the, the, the also the competitive community. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They can, if they can actually, it's something that's going to be pretty hard to, I would say, uh, prove out, but um, yeah. you know, you're talking about for me, I'm an old man. I, I still struggle with everyone's 65. I've seen it in some games, but, uh, most people are, it depends on the person. Some people are real sensitive to frames per second. They can tell 60 frames per second from 30. I am just not one of those persons. I, I do not, I, I try to, but I do not always feel that I can decisively say that's 30 frames or that's 60 or it's dropping. I mean, obviously when it's dropping. You know when it's real bad, but some oh, yeah. people can say they can see when it's a little bit of a drop. So you I definitely guess, know it when, when you're using mouse and keyboard. You'll know it instantly, no matter if you don't feel it on console. You'll know it way, way more since since it's so much uh, more sensitive. Yeah, you'll be like, "Why can I move?" <laughs> you're like you're moving the mouse, but the screen's like right. there's a delay. I think you're you're. You know, see, I'm a first. I don't play a lot of multiplayer games. You know, I prefer uh, single player experiences. Uh, that being said, I do prefer my games at 4K uh, in, instead of the 60 frames per second. However, if you do play the uh, multiplayer, you play heavy multiplayer games, you're going to prefer that 60 frame per second, uh, you know, for sure. So. See, I remember when I got stuck into playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege heavily. That's when I was like, was thinking this would be great because I mean, yeah. there's a lot of questionable stuff that goes on in Rainbow Six Siege, um, especially when it comes to stuff not registering or shots missing and stuff like that. That could always be like yeah. kind of attributed to uh, latency and just other well, stuff. If you so, remember when that launched, especially even months after it launched, they were exper experiencing heavy lag issues. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. the character Ash, she's got a, a name of uh, Broken Hitbox because apparently something's wrong with the hitbox registration on her character. I mean, there's a reason why that game had uh, Operation Health. We'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. What is the, isn't there a rumored... Um... Rainbow Six, that's going to be a sequel to that, isn't there? I, I believe I saw something on that. Did you guys hear about that? Or yeah, not? I think they are another ones in the works. I think it's going to launch probably Q. I want to say Q three uh, right. for the for the Series X and just on co all consoles in general. But it could right. move to fourth quarter. Um, another game quarter. or just a, right. a Rainbow Six based game. No, like the you know how they had Rainbow Six Siege. It's gonna be a Rainbow Six, new Rainbow Six. 
That's um, interesting because they're still doing like they have a season for this year for Siege. They are releasing new operators, but they're not releasing the, as many. Siege, what is the name for it? Maybe it was that that I saw. Well, so for all red, it was like a I saw Rainbow Siege and, I, and it was like all red and it would look like uh, you know, it looked pretty intense, but I don't I don't know if it was a part of this what you're talking about or if it was a totally new game. Because that game's been out since 2015. Well, it's kind of like uh Rainbow Six is like one of those series where it's kind of like Ghost Recon. You have different like Ghost Recon Wildlands, Ghost Recon Ghosts, whatever. Right. Um it, it like same with Rainbow Six, you know, it started off as Rainbow Six, and then we got like Rainbow Six Vegas and all these different right. versions of it. So that's why I was just kind of curious, are they because I know Siege every developer um, starts off ambitious and they wanted to like make siege this big long thing that lasted years with multiple operators and they've done that but i don't think they're, it's going to be done for as long as they say they would have done it well it's been a massively successful game though i mean oh yeah uh, I, i've had fun playing it i've i've subscribed to season passes let me ask you guys a question as far as what we're talking about, the dynamic input latency and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we keep hearing these 120 frames per second. And, you know, a year ago, we would have been laughed off the podcast and told that we're loons. Um, but, you know, obviously, you hear developers saying that they're going to be able to do it. Uh, Ori said that they're going to do it. Um, a lot of TVs that are out there are 60 frames uh, or 60 hertz on 4K, just so you know. Uh, so you have to pay attention to that. But my question is, is that saying that you have everything set up and it's and it's compliant, um, is there much of a difference between 120 and 60? Or are we getting to a point that it's overkill? I think you're going to notice that I'm like a shooter. You can probably tell. Depending on the genre of game, like a fighter or a shooter, or uh, maybe some kind of an RTS on console. Right. Yeah. I just, I just like I said, to me, hitting 120 is such a crazy number that you know, <laughs> just to show you where these consoles uh, have landed. You know, I mean, yeah. or, or the potential to land is very impressive. It'd be interesting to see whether or not they go back and do a um frames per second cap you know maybe like some of these older uh, call of duty titles and just enhance the experience at 120 frames i don't think we're going to see 120 frames with the newer games i think the standard is probably going to be around 4k 60 um 4k 30 for sure but it remains to be seen now you can do it with a lot of fighting games that don't are not heavy on the you know the graphics and the CPU. Um, it, it just it just remains to be seen. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, kind of open ended right now. But hey, giving the developer all kinds of uh, horsepower on these consoles and options, it, it's a good thing. Anyways, let them play around with it and let them see how they want to optimize their games for sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, guys, on to what will probably be our last topic of the evening. And a few days ago, Jeff Keighley announced the Summer Game Fest. Now, it's an in it's an industry-wide celebration of video games that will run from May to August. 
It will deliver news, in-game events, and playable content. Now, I'm going to leave this open to anybody on the panel to start off. Uh, what do you guys think about the the Game Fest? Does it fill the void that E3 left? Uh, I don't think it fills the void <laughs> of no. E3. I think um, Jeff's passionate. He's the passionate guy. You've seen it with the uh, video games uh, awards, and I think this is an extension of that. And I think it's he's going to incorporate it somehow and just get people excited um, about video games. Now, I haven't heard anything directly on uh, on Summer Game Fest, but uh, I know he's going to get you know all these big publishers, uh, developers on board, some new demo. He's going to do something to where uh, you know because he's done a good job with the game awards as far as that goes. So I think maybe this is his new E3. I want to say, and you might see it where E3 kind of transforms into what Jeff is doing now. I mean, it's a possibility. You know, it's just one of those things where. He's finding a new way to reach out to gamers. Um, yeah, you know, once a year it's been done before, but on this scale from May to August, it's never mm. been done before. So you're going to see a lot of news coming out and developers ju uh, jumping on board to release, um, you know, what they have, what, the, what cards they hold come fourth quarter and come uh, Q1 of the following year, uh, you know, to get stockholders and shareholders excited about these businesses. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Now, we've seen publishers like uh, big companies like Nintendo. They do their Nintendo Directs. Sony does their State of Plays. They're, I mean, the Nintendo Directs are pretty popular. The Sony State of Plays are, are getting there, too, um, because... Their fan bases really enjoy it. Now, if successful, do you think that the digital events will eventually take over from the prominence of what E3 has? And that's or what that's why I said, you know, E3 is a week a week out of the year. Mm -hmm. You know, now when you have the opportunity to reach out to gamers from May to August during this time, it's just it gets people more excited about video games than, you know, say E3. Yeah, E3 is massive. It has massive, it's massive in production. It, you, you know, people spend a lot of money there, tourists in, you know, whatnot. I think that's who's, who's going to kill the most is, you know, some of these larger cities that host these kinds of events. Mm -hmm. You know how much money and revenue they get from the city just from E3 alone? We're talking billions and billions of dollars that are flowing through the community. And now they right. don't have that. There's going to, you know, there's going to be situations to where it's going to affect, you know, it's going to affect them. Mm -hmm. So I think if they could somehow be a part of that, whether it's through marketing or doing something to where you can promote these online businesses, I think, you know, you know, it could be good for them, but yeah, I think eventually it's going to take over for sure. Especially uh, because I know Jeff's pretty passionate about what he does. 
Uh, and he goes all in. You know, you've seen the game awards grow. Um, but, you know, we'll see. So if I could uh, hop in now. Go hoppity for it. Hop. What'd you do? Oh, hoppity hop. Oh, funny. <laughs> all right. So honestly, I think this is actually a perfect time. I think the stars honestly are aligning once again for yeah. Jeff Beely. You know, we have a lot of new people that are kind of just getting into gaming. And of course, they are hearing a lot about how normally there's an event called E3 that's no longer there. Um, at least not this year. And Jeff Keeley is going to be kind of there to kind of fill that vacuum of us needing that that event that kind of celebrates gaming. And now all of a sudden we're talking a three-month event. This is a fresh new idea. I think, honestly, uh, Jeff Keeley is going to uh, put lightning in a bottle with this yeah. whole situation. Yeah, um, he's make I, a lot of money from it too. And I think E3, <laughs> I think E3 is going to have to either adapt and embrace embrace Jeff Keeley and kind of start working E3 uh, coming forward, probably as like um, because if we're talking the event is from May, June, and July, E3 is normally in July on June, so that would be the middle mark of the that three months. So you could have an event in the middle of that whole thing that for everybody to kind of you know, to kind of celebrate that whole thing. But I'm just saying that basically E3 will have to figure out a way of incorporating themselves into this three month uh, cycle, because if this is something that takes off and becomes a thing, um, it could swallow up E3 and overshadow them. And E3 just eventually like, I'd be surprised if, if E3 doesn't figure out how to incorporate themselves, I don't see them coming back because this event could potentially just become so big. It will just overshadow it. Um, well, ju just by him saying from May to August, you know, it's a long time to promote yeah. games. Well, You're going to see uh, he's going to make a fortune. He was off at these publishers and developers. Go ahead. He was at Gamescom in August. So honestly, I could see him using Gamescom to kind of have the uh, the blowout, the cap off to this whole uh, like three months. Because, like, yeah. I mean, Jeff Keeley is essentially becoming the gaming spokesperson. Like it, love it, hate it. Um, Jeff Keeley has definitely done a good job of asserting himself into being uh, basically almost like a figurehead in gaming when it comes to gaming related shows. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, Jeff Keeley right now is putting himself in a really great position with a lot of new people coming into gaming, and they're just going to be exposed to this. And uh, like I said, Dude, this is going to be very interesting going forward. Mm -hmm. is changing. Yeah, well, a lot of these events are canceled, too. Like, I mean, of course, E3, but you look at Comic-Con, too. Sometimes there would be some, some game announcements there. Probably not going to happen, obviously. And then Gamescom. Gamescom's canceled. Like, it's crazy. Lots of stuff. So he has a large window to uh, talk about games. So Gamescom is officially canceled then, too. I believe so. Yeah. I, okay. Well then, well, new, sorry, news um, to me too. Yeah. So, you know, it's very, very interesting and very stupid by you, Centaurian. Um, you know, uh, since you got your big W tonight in Game Pass uh, when we were bashing you, and I do remember that. Um, <laughs> so uh, you are on fire tonight because uh, a little tidbit. Um, I heard through the grapevine that Jeff, uh, the reason why he kind of. Uh, uh, left uh, E3 this year, if you remember, he announced earlier uh, that he wasn't going to be a part of it. 
for personal reasons. Um, I heard that he wanted more access and he wanted to do, I guess, what he's talking about now through ESA and he wanted to do the paneling and I guess throughout he wanted to do a change and uh, I, I, I guess ESA didn't want that and they kind of butted heads uh, and uh, like you're saying this is Jeff right now getting the position where he is now going to be even more of a focal point for gaming um, and he's going to put him in a position next year uh, of strength so uh you know, I think Fastback uh, mentioned E3 being more of a vendor thing and, and much, you know, much, uh, you know, much pu push back a lot. And I do agree with that. I think that we're entering a phase where Jeff might really get the mind share of this and, you know, have some type of uh, foothold here. Uh, you know, Microsoft has already said that they are not doing a live public event until uh, August of 2021. Okay, so what does that uh, encompass? That means that there's no E3. Uh, I think E3 is in uh, is in trouble. Uh, I can honestly say that I can see it being something where it's much different, where people don't visit it. It's just for developers or vendors, and it, you know. And then you have this thing where Jeff is leading the forefront. Uh, whatever he's doing, um, he seems to have a really good foothold so uh yeah you're right he is the guy and um this like you said fell in his lap uh even more i, I don't think he would have had as much leverage if he had e3 coming and you know microsoft was going to be uh not a part of his uh you know plans but now he can have a situation where he has everyone and that's exactly what he wanted, and he got it, uh, unfortunately, due to, you know, nothing that he obviously didn't do. His circumstances just favored him. And um, No, I, I think he came up with the right idea at the right yeah, time. Yeah, he came up with the right time, but then, then everything fell into place because he would have been going up against ESA. Now he's going up against nobody, really. Mm -hmm. he has, he, he's going to have the floor to himself. And I, I honestly, I hate to say it, as much as a fan of, as I've been of E3, and, and I think it sucks. I think that E3 is in a lot of trouble. I don't, I don't really see it happening uh, like the way we've seen it. I think it's going to be much more scaled down. Uh, Xbox Fan Fest. I don't know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to have to show that you're freaking vaccinated. This whole thing sucks. You know <laughs> that. But um, this is the new world we live in. And uh, uh, Jeff is going to be definitely the forefront. And uh, I can see him being um, uh, getting the uh, lion's share of this uh, coverage now moving forward. It's also going to make these uh, gaming events like, God, I'm probably going to get burned for this one. But sometimes I feel like live events, I like live events like e3 i'm not talking like inside xbox because that's an ins that's an xbox show being done by xbox in a controlled mm -hmm. environment through xbox e3 is not well actually they've done a good job of making sure it's as in controlled as possible by having actually their show in their own chaos <laughs> yeah so that being said honestly i feel like jeff Keeley's show is not only gonna like go over quite well but also, they're going to be exposed to a very well thought out, methodically planned series of events over the next three months that are going to go off 
pretty much without a hitch because they're going to yeah. be in, in controlled environments by the people that are hosting them, whether it's Activision, uh, everyone watching, Sony, everyone, yeah, everyone watching. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just going to have a much more cleaner look to it and everything's just going to go together so much better because like, um, let's use Borderlands three, for example, um, a great game, great game. But when they tried to reveal that game, uh, apparently, uh, their equipment sucked and, uh, there was a lot of problems on stage mm -hmm. trying to reveal Borderlands three, and you're not going to have these issues now because a lot of these events are going to be done digitally. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to have to put a dime of marketing dollars into this. Do you know why? Because once it hits and all these developers and publishers come out and the game demos and all kinds of events come out, you know, the news is going to break and it's automatically going to spread like wildfire on YouTube yeah. instantly, instantly promoting his brand and, you know, his product that he has. Oh, mm -hmm. without E3, we have all these developers and publishers that are just clamoring. What do we do now? We have no way of showing off our product. E3 and all these events are canceled. And in walks Jeff Healy going, hey, don't worry. I can help you. Yeah. And yeah. Jeff, throughout the industry, whether it's Sony, Microsoft, and um, Nintendo, they love the guy. And I mean, listen, yeah. a lot of Xbox fans hate him because he... Uh, he he leaked the uh, Xbox One price or Xbox yeah. Series X or the Xbox One X price. Oh yeah, that was not that was done by design from Microsoft. They wanted to put him out. They wanted yeah. to put the word out to soften the blow. So people who hate him for that, you really shouldn't hate him for that. I know the inside story on that. Uh, and I know the people involved in it, and I was told straight out. Because I said that was the first thing when I went to the party. You know, Xbox has these these parties. And uh, the person that I was talking to, I viewed my displeasure. And then they told me the story. And the reason why was because for some reason... Uh, well, the reason why was because Xbox fans became under the notion that the console price was going to be three ninety nine because somebody deciphered something... Do you remember the book, The Robot? It was three ninety nine. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember. Now, now I want to check into this. No, what is this? A book and a robot? <laughs> well, there was something that they they posted a, uh, I guess a number in, a, in an Xbox video that they uh, that they 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 promoted, and in that number, if you like, if you deciphered it somehow, it came to this <laughs> magazine cover cover and it was like a robot that says a robot you can build for $3.99 it was a magazine cover and people ran with it and Centurion you had to turn it upside down use 3D glasses do you remember that though? Does that I remember that shit that was funny yeah the $3.99 I'm sure people in the chat some of the people in the chat remember uh, but yeah so they were under the impression that or or they because of this leak or whatever that the Xbox One X was going to be three ninety nine, and people were really excited because here you're getting this freaking unbelievable console. It's going to be the same price as a Pro, and the fact of the matter was is that the price was always four ninety nine as we know now, and they fed him that so he can soften the blow, and a lot of people hate Jeff because of that, but that was not his fault. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that much. Uh, you can take it or leave it. Uh, you know, say I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, that is indeed the story that I was told. So, uh, but as far as my point is, as far as Jeff's power and and uh, you know um, his overall grasp of the industry, uh, the the a lot of people in the industry look up to that guy, and they they definitely you know have a lot of uh, uh, respect for him, and they look at him in a way that uh, you know uh, they they respect the guy, and, and he has a lot of pull within the industry, so. Uh, I think that this fell right, you know, into place for him um, because there's going to be no E3. The floor is his. And uh, next year, this time, because we're natures of habit, if he actually does a good job with this, he's going to have, you know, year, year-round year coverage. He's going to have E3 and he's going to have the Game Awards. And he's going to be, you know, his his empire is... there and growing. Oh, yeah. he's. I think oh, he's yeah. going to be the first... Um, I guess we can call him. Is he a journalist or a reporter? What do you call him? I don't know what he is. He's like a. He's like a host. He's like Ryan Seacrest. I think he's going to be the first, uh, the millionaire, first millionaire as far as that goes. I think he's going to do well with it. Mm -hmm. Now, Shock, I got to ask you, do you think that uh, during this span, because again, it's from May to August, do you think that he'll have his buddy uh, Kojima on uh, sharing his new game? Uh, Probably. Hopefully it's uh, like a, it's a multiplayer so everybody gets to, it'd be cool to see um, what that, what his games will look on uh, PC. That was, I was going to hold out and get Death Stranding on the PC, but I was like, eh, 20 bucks versus paying 60 probably when it releases on the epic store um but yeah probably all right all right all right fellas on that note we're gonna end off the show now really good chat tonight delving into the excitement for xbox's game events game pass news and summer game fest also i have to say a huge shout out to everyone that tuned in tonight we got supersonic station here fastback from nlg Oh, yeah, Yoshida in the house. Uh, who else do we got here? Alex Basha, Clarence Finn, lots of talk going on. The chat, very active tonight. Uh, man, who else? Mr. Jeff Kima. Shout out to Jeff <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Michael Monkey Punch and a whole batch of others. Uh, guys, uh, if you happen to like this show, then remember to share this sucker out, leave a like, and drop a comment after the show. We definitely appreciate your support. Now on to some of the outros. Centurion, good show, my friend. Where can everybody find you? Uh, well, you guys can always find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. I also kick it here with you fine gentlemen every Sunday night, and I also do the shop podcast every Saturday night. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, I gotta love the shop podcast. All right, uh, Tim, buddy, awesome show. Where can everybody find you at? Awesome show. Find me on Twitter, xcloudtimdog76. Uh, great show, great stuff, everyone. Panel great. I'll see you next week. I'm going to be uh, signing off. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on at your end? <laughs> Sound like Puff the Magic. Sorry, from Sorry about that. <laughs> if if Shockley uh, recognizes that song, it's the song from Animal Crossing, KK Love Song. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, is my ringtone. My wife called me. So um, you can find me at on Xbox Live, Downer, Space J. Uh, you can also find me. I don't know if you guys seen on Twitter, but they've opened up those drive through strip clubs. I'm going to be hitting oh, those yeah, up so. very shortly. Um, and that's it. Downer out. <laughs> of course. Now going through the drive through strip club, are you going to be uh, smoking one of those cigars that you that was in your uh, recent released? Uh, you know what? I think not, since it's yeah. not indoors anymore, it's outdoors. I think it's acceptable that I can smoke one of my cigars. So yes. Now, were you thinking about um, getting in? Because wasn't some of them actually selling um, like groceries along with it? I have no idea about that. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about so you're not know, apple, apples and oranges. There are different kind of apples and oranges, buddy. So no groceries then. No groceries. <laughs> nice, nice. Funny you mentioned DJ KK. I saw like Wilford Brimley tweeting out a picture of DJ uh, KK. It was kind of weird, but funny at the same time. Really random. <laughs> but everybody seems to be up on the Animal Crossing these days. So but yeah. But before we leave, I do want to share exactly what song it is to the to the fans. So here, hold on one second. I can see the copyright start now. I was just gonna say, yep. Has gone off the rails. All right, that's enough, man. <laughs> this is gonna be copyright stricken faster than Naughty Dog. You're gonna have to trim the end of this video just to get YouTube to find it compliant. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We'll 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 work it out. We'll work it out. That's my outro before you got the downers. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Jeremy. Uh, shock, buddy. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me at, at ShockNero on Twitter, EZShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show. Thanks for stopping by. Of course, yeah, definitely. And uh, Megatron need to leave a little bit early, but uh, you know, great show by him. Of course, I'm Invader. You guys can find me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. And of course, on my YouTube channel, Invader Gaming. As always, we look forward to seeing you next week. Take it easy, everyone. Good night.